0: In this week's full time roundup or midweek, I should say, United straight by in a much needed win. DSU go top of the group of death. Leverkusen, Liverpool take control of the Europa League. And uh, Matt and I preview this weekend's fixtures. Plus, I give you my best bets and full time roundup starts. So you probably started the show and were kind of off-put by the voice who intro Me and Matt decided to switch it up today. I am the technical host, I guess, of this midweek show. As we are starting something new here, um, we're going to be hitting on a little UCL Europa League recap, as well as talking some predictions, throwing in a couple segments here and there, and then also we'll have my domestic betting segment at the end of the show. Um, So this might be a little longer than normal for midweek matches, but we just had a lot of Champions League games we wanted to talk about as, as it kind of heats up here. And, and Matt, most importantly, how are you doing?
1: Daniel can't complain. Another beautiful fall day here in the Carolinas. I am passing off the big boy chair to you today. So I get to answer some of your questions, which in a little bit of role reversal is always going to be interesting. So looking forward to that. Uh, And of course there was just great games today. and, And yesterday and, uh, Tuesday, as we are recording this on a Thursday night. So just been games all week. Um, there was games Monday, like we talked about on our previous recap show, games all week today, and then domestic games kick off tomorrow. So uh, just back at it and, and always happy to talk football with you no matter what day of the week it is.
0: Absolutely. And it is Spooktober. It's a beautiful day in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, can't believe it it touched 80 today in in late october but i'm absolutely here for it and like you said we are recording on a thursday it is my lovely girlfriend's birthday and she's letting me record this right before we go to dinner so shout out to paige but matt enough of the small talk let's get to ucl recap here group of death does not disappoint psg ahead with six points uh Dortmund and Newcastle have 4 points and Milan are bottom with 2. PSG um Milan thoughts here. What do you what do you think here?
1: Thought PSG were slow out of the gate. Uh you know they they obviously get a goal from Mbappe that kind of settles them down and and they take off from there. I think uh, they sit the top of the table as they deservedly so and a big bounce back performance after that to abysmal night in St. James's Park where they they get drubbed 4-0 so they absolutely needed this uh, we saw you know one of, of another one of uh, the breakout stars of, of the next generation of footballers perform um, and if you didn't catch uh, Emery Zaire's performance boy did you miss something just an absolute master class from a 17 year old in the Champions League no big deal uh, and, and PSG role and um, you know AC Milan kind of Takes their their losses and goes back to to Milan. Of course, uh, these this round of, of fixtures three and four will have back to back home and home. So, uh, right back at it against the same opponent this time on their soil. So, big big matchup for them uh, in the return leg in a, in a couple weeks time.
0: Absolutely, I I think you couldn't be more correct. Uh, thankfully, Luis Enrique got the team selection right. Um, good to see that. Zaire Emery has just flourished, man, the match on Tuesday. And not many PSG youngsters get the chance that he's gotten in this squad. So, um, I mean, we've seen so like in Kunku and and Musa Diaby all move on and and flourish at other clubs. But Zaire Emery's kind of staked his claim in this PSG midfield and this rebuild that they're doing right now. And 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 they kind of just beat Milan down and I do have a question for you, Matt. Can Milan win big games? They've lost to Inter, they've lost to Juve, and now they've lost pretty handily to PSG. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be quite it's gonna be quite the matchup going forward. Of course, you mentioned some of those losses already and, and you know you're gonna be defined by champions league nights um and, and this is not a good performance for them uh, of course we talked about the juventus loss coming out of the international break already and and losing top spot in syria to, to their rivals so um i think you're going to be of course the, this game in the sun zero is not next weekend so you have a, a few fixtures in between but uh you're really looking at kind of a trend if, if they get Either smashed or just put up another stinker performance at home against PSG. But I think there's lots to look forward to. Again, you're still sitting second in the league. Um, you know, you're still in it for for a Champions League spot to, to the knockout. There's a lot, a lot of games to still be played here, um, and a lot of ways. You know, a lot of points to still be had. So I wouldn't put too much on it quite yet. Um, but it, it is becoming concerning and a trend that AC Milan um, have have shown a little bit so far this season.
0: Absolutely. And, and PSG, or not PSG, excuse me, Dortmund have a smash and grab result, three points at uh, Newcastle on, on Tuesday as well. Julian Brandt and Ryerson both rolled out before the game. So I thought this would be not a walk in the park for Newcastle, but a comfortable one, two, no win. And, and the crossbar and, and PS or in BVB setup. Kind of, kind of save them there, and, and they get a much needed win on the road. Any, any commentary on this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, massive points for for Dortmund on the road. You you can't lose your home games in in Champions League. Um, it's just, it's especially in the group stages, you just can't do it. Um, you know, they they of course get the big win against PSG, uh, that is Newcastle, but they get they drop points here, and now they have to go on the road. Daniel, they had a lot of you know the tough games uh, at home uh early in this in this group and and now they're going to have to go on the road and kind of suck it up Uh, of course they still have the squad they have the talent they have the opportunity eddie has great manager he's ridden the ship but it's going to be a really tough tough task now for for newcastle to advance and and dortmund like you said big points um kind of been this way all season domestically as well just kind of get three points somehow or you know don't lose and continue to move up the table and and they're currently doing that in, in the bundesliga as well and they move up in a big way here in this in this group and this group is still wide open um as we expected it to be considering how strong all four teams are
0: absolutely it was good to see to or to see that gio reyna did get some minutes today he's Marco Royce is kind of flamed out from his early form. So maybe Reyna starts to steal some of his minutes looking forward, but he's he's not featured much. So it's good to see he's he kind of got 30 minutes in the last two games. Now we talked about Milan being bottom. Let's talk about Copenhagen and Manu in a different group. Manu getting much needed point at Copenhagen.
1: Still not a great performance, but a win's a win. Wins a win. Uh, been the Manchester United way this season. It feels like, and and continue to to grind out points. Uh big three points. I, like I mentioned, can't lose your games at home for for Newcastle and United. Find a way, especially um, two big moments for for two key players that needed it. In Harry Maguire, who gets the game winning goal and is starting to find some form, although had some difficulties in the back that are still very much clearing, and and still a player to regain some of that form or progress, kind of get back to where he was, and then. Uh, Onana just getting an absolutely massive penalty save at the end to keep the the clean sheet and get the three points. So um, again, United underwhelming, but you really can't knock them when they win. Um, and and you feel for Copenhagen who had their chances um, and and should have gotten something out of this match, but now have to go or I wouldn't say have to, they get to go home and where they've been very tough to play. And um, this is going to be a challenge for Manchester United. They have a a huge slog ahead of them to catch. And, and, you know, they still have to go to Galatasaray and then they host Bayern Munich in the last couple of games. So this is a huge fixture coming up. And this was a big three points for them to, just to keep and maintain uh, within touching distance of Galatasaray and Bayern Munich.
0: Absolutely. And for correction, this was at Old Trafford. So my apologies on that, but... You, you talked a little bit about Anana and Harry Maguire, and I, we haven't really talked about it, but I just wanted to, to see if you agree with this. I don't think Harry Maguire is a bad player. I think the role that Ten Hag and his system is asking him to do brings out all the bad qualities. He is he's a great center back, but he's not a ball playing center back, and and that's the Ten Hag way. And obviously, he's going to get caught out. Plus, the English media you know, taking a dump on him at any point in time, just relentless. That's not going to get the confidence up and center backs out of maybe other than a striker need confidence the most. Um, you, you you don't, you don't think you just let your feet do the talking here. And, but it's good to see that those two guys who have been villains this year uh, kind of get to play hero ball. So we talked about, you know, an underwhelming performance and, and a team that had their chances. Galatasaray we had plenty of those, the, three one result flatters um, byron um I don't I think it was a lot closer than this but uh any any points on this that uh, that you like to talk
1: about I think you you kind of touched on them uh, but it was interesting to see you know Harry Harry Kane play a little deeper in that role of course yeah um, he was brought in as a 10, but and has been seemingly playing a little deeper, more in that central mid role to get the ball or get in the game. I think they're still trying to figure out how to play him into the system. And then, of course, when he moves up the pitch where he's supposed to play, he gets that, the goal to, to kind of, you know, give them the three points. I think it was the second goal of the three. So, you know, it's it's. It's not unexpected. Bayern are, are clearly the class of this group and have the talent and have the roster. And so, you know, you mentioned some of those Galatasaray chances. They didn't put them away. And and that's what happens when you don't put away good teams. Uh, you know, Bayern Munich come out and, and get three points, even though it wasn't ideal or wasn't the way that they you would expect them to play um they still they still are the class of this group and sit at the top with 9 points and uh, on to the next which will be um you know again Galatasaray uh but it's going to be a different different game now especially when Galatasaray gave them arguably their best shot and Bayern Munich kind of just brushed them to the side so uh this will be for me it's it'll be it'll be much easier in the second leg for Bayern but uh was a good it was a good effort. Was she again similar to what we talked about in the Bundesliga? Wish someone would take them out. Um, and and Galatasaray just didn't have that in them tonight or yesterday.
0: Absolutely. And and you got to have that killer instinct, especially when you're you're facing a Goliath. And and usual Tuchel teams are pretty clean at the back and they struggle going forward. Well, well, this Tuchel team is the actual opposite. That he's kind of figured out the front line and how to get them firing with Musiala playing fantastic ball, Koma and Sane. You mentioned Harry Kane. Um, but the the back's very leaky and they gave up some some really bad chances against this Calatasseroid team. So they better it's not gonna hurt them in the group stages, but if they want to go far in this in this uh, run in the Champions League, that they're gonna need to clean that up and, and Tuchel's probably gonna be racking his brain on, on how to fix that. Um, now to to kind of pivot here, um, Arsenal sit top of the group. I'm trying to remember the last time they were in the Champions League, but they they, you know, they didn't play great against Lons, but they they come not I wouldn't say comfortably, but it was they went up 2 well with a nice goal by by Gabby Jesus and, and Gabriel Martinelli. Um and Sevilla are in the classic third Europa spot. So watch out for that. But any any takeaways y- you have from this match? Uh,
1: it was surprising to me that um Arsenal kind of made it look easy at Sevilla. Um, they go up 2-0, and then Sevilla pushed back a little bit, as you expect them to do. You mentioned just their form in European football and in and, and Europa League particularly, but don't count them out in any European tournament. Um, but it was surprising to me. Of course, Arsenal needed a big performance after a pretty rough um, – I wouldn't say rough, but – not to their standard against chelsea and and of course you drop points there so that's a you want to have a good bounce back performance and then um you know you can't really look at this match without looking at Sevilla's goal and and bringing up the goaltender situation again david raya makes a mistake and 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 that costs them the you know an opportunity and then um late in the game he, he kind of punches one over the net uh, that almost went in as well. So again, not to bring it back to the whole dynamic with with Ramsdale and everything, but Arsenal needed this three points. They they the surprise to me was again how easy it looked at two 0 and then um, and then Sevilla put on the Jets as you expect them to, and then in the other matchup for me, the the surprise is that PSV Eindhoven, who are you know dominating the the Eredivisie. Um, can't beat lowly Lens, who are pretty much bottom of the table or close to the bottom half for for the you know the French league. So uh, this group is is kind of still confusing me a little bit. I think Arsenal advanced clearly at the top uh, but the second place team is kind of is an interesting one. Will PSV kind of find that domestic format and take second? I'm not quite sure. Um, but this group is is confusing but Arsenal Arsenal did what they had to do and now they have a little bit of breathing room and they can kind of make some changes in in the second leg
0: absolutely and i've been very impressed with lons they they lost seku sofana and they lost openda in the in the summer and and that was kind of their their core of their team and they they signed um wahi the 20 year old who scored and uh i think he came from Strasbourg, um but he he kind of started the season off pretty cold and has kind of heated up, especially in the champions league with a crucial goal there. And, and, you know, you see PSV get rocked by Arsenal in game one and, and they they tie Sevilla and then they they tie lawns again. So, so not, not the best. I'd like to see more from, from PSV here. Um, But I do want to ask you, can you kind of give me your top four? In this group? Or sorry, one through four in the group in order yeah
1: I mean Arsenal won for me um, I think that's pretty clear in this one um, this three and th- two and three are probably my trickier ones to be honest I, I, I do think we'll send up at four um, when it's wow. absent and done uh, just it, it's it's a lot um, they're not quite ready yet for it I think you're looking at two. Again, a, a leader in their league, so I would say PSV are stronger than Lons, although we just saw you know a, a weak haphazard performance there, and then Sevilla, you know, just you never know what you're going to get from Sevilla. So for me, I would say Arsenal first, PSV second, Sevilla third, which means they go into Europa League and then they win that, mm-hmm. and Lons in fourth. So I'll, I'll do that.
0: Okay, I, I'm going to switch up just a little bit. I think Arsenal are obviously first. I'm going to go to Sevilla second. New coach bounce. I think that you know, you, you get a good result against Real Madrid uh, last weekend. You, you kind of are in the match against Arsenal and uh, PSV just haven't shown me enough. So I think that I'm going to put them third and then I will agree with you. Lones, uh, I think, will kind of come back to earth at this point. And just wanted to, touch, uh, uh, touch briefly on, on another, um, like city and Leipzig are basically secured advancement and in, in their group, uh, with, with two convincing wins. It was a little shaky for city. It was zero, zero at halftime, but they kind of turned it on in the second half. Although they, they did, they were tied at one, one at one point, but you know, when you have Erling Holland, Julian Alvarez and, and co it's, it's, you know, there's not much you can do.
1: Not much, and, and a couple other teams that um, feel pretty comfortable saying will probably advance, or Real Madrid, who who won yep. their game against Braga sit atop the table at nine points, and then uh, Barcelona. Very cool stadium, by the way. Very cool stadium, right, with the wall and, and carved out of the mountain, which is pretty yeah. sweet. Uh, Barcelona, probably, you know, nine points perfect as well, probably going to advance in Group H. So, some of the big boys um, you're starting to see kind of separate themselves. Uh, Group E, um, Daniel is an interesting one. Atletico Madrid get a draw against Celtic, which kind of flips that group a little bit on its head, although I think Celtic are still out of it, but you're looking at now uh, Feyenoid, Atleti, and and Lazio um, fighting for for the top three. They're all separated by two points, so um, it's going to be a good group there. And then um, Inter and, and Real Sociedad sit atop at the there, group and Group D at seven points. Salzburg puts up a good fight, but uh, I think it's going to be you know those two at the top. And um, but otherwise, for me, there's nothing that really has stood out as far as a surprise. I'm not sure if there's any team in your eyes uh, that has been kind of surprising, good or bad. Um, I'll give you one of
0: each. Bynord had been surprisingly good. Um, I. They were the early kickoff, which was there's there was only two, so I got to watch that one almost in its entirety and and they got a damn good team and Santiago Jimenez is is not gonna be there for very much longer. The Mexican striker will have to play him and he'll probably haunt our back line for the national team um soon if he'll ever start. We'll see. Um, but I would say Fine Order, the team that impressed me. And the team that has been really bad that I've been surprised about is Benfica. They did lose a lot of key players in the summer and, and failed to kind of replace them and let the the youngsters kind of fill those roles. And, and they kind of paid, you know, with with bad results. And they're they've lost every, three straight now. Um, now they did beat Porto um, twice now in the the Portuguese league and in their cup. So so good good for them. But uh, but yeah. How about you? Any, any one good, one bad?
1: Union Berlin, bad, uh, as they've been <sighs> bad in the league, uh, which is surprising to me. And good? I mean, all these teams are good, so it's hard to pick a team that's surprisingly good. I would say Galatasaray so far have been surprisingly good. I didn't expect them, although you never knew what you were going to get from Manchester United in this group. The way that they were playing going into the tournament, but I will say Galatas right in second place is a surprise for me. Yeah, they've been they've
0: been fantastic and did a ton of good business in the summer. So switching over to the Europa League recap here. Um, like in our intro, Bayern Leverkusen and Liverpool are the real deal here, and they both are perfect in their respective groups. Do you have any, you know? points about this, or is it kind of just same old, same old for these two teams?
1: Same old, same old for these two. They even get the same identical scoreline, 5-1 in both of their <laughs> games. Um, so, you know, it, it is starting to shape up that these two teams are going to advance. Of course, it's a knockout after the group, so you never know how, how things shake out, but it does seem pretty likely um, that we're looking at, you know, a late knockout contest between these two at some point um another team that's been kind of you know under the radar and and uh performing well here and there is is Roma uh Jose Mourinho we've talked about him and his tournament performance and how he does and how he knows how to put together a a, a game plan in a tournament they're they're undefeated as well so uh you know there's some teams that are starting to take shape of course um Ajax and, and Brighton was not a surprise um as far as the scoreline i am surprised at who got it though brighton clearly you know have just put the pedal down i thought ajax was going to have some type of bounce back and and they just continue to look really really poor it wasn't an indictment on brighton i don't think to nothing ajax would have been saying much i just think with all the turmoil that you're having in ajax and the fire the manager being fired i thought there was going to be some fight there and, and that's not the case brighton take care of business at home um, but other than that, Daniel, there wasn't too much that stood out. Um, anything that, you know, caught you by surprise is, of course, all the games were today as opposed to spread out. So we got to see everybody, um, but nothing really kind of like flashed at me other than, you know, just how much better uh, Bayer, Leverkusen, and Liverpool are than, than everybody else.
0: I will say Toulouse were actually, I mean, they did lose 5-1, but I mean, they, the. It flattered Liverpool for sure, and and Toulouse actually played pretty well for the first I don't know sixty minutes, and then it kind of fell off. Um, so I did want to give my flowers to Toulouse because I actually thought they created some some pretty good chances, and were were fairly unlucky in this match. Um, and I also the Liverpool rebuild in the midfield has has gone better than I ever could have imagined. Barrick is just so exciting to watch. He's such a progressive midfielder, and he just Carries the ball and his slottling of dribbling is just so impressive and he continues to get on the score sheet. So I'm really impressed with them. And, and I also want to mention, we mentioned the uh, the Brighton and the Ajax game Marseille absolutely thumped Athens. Um, so they've kind of turned back to winning ways since getting Gattuso. And that was good to see. I think that Brighton and, Brighton and Marseille will go through in that group. Um, I was gonna say it's a fun group. All that three is a teams, fun group.
1: You know, even even technically, Ajax are still kind of in it with two points. But yeah, uh, it's a it's an interesting group. And we talked about that as the group of death for this for this tournament.
0: Absolutely, probably definitely my favorite group in the Europa League. And then to kind of pivot to Europa Conference League, just the the one group that I've been super interested in have been the the Aston Villa, Easy Alkmaar group, and they actually played today and. And the one thing about Emory is he's very good in Europe and Aston Villa actually had been really poor in Europe. They've been great in the Premier League, but really poor in Europe. And they absolutely stomped AZ Alkmaar today. Um, and I I feel like that's going to really spur them on to, to go. And I think they're going to win the Europa Conference
1: League. You would think that they have clearly the most talent of, of the teams. You know, they're, sixth place team in the premier league and, and you're looking at you know most of these other teams and no discredit to to your Europa Conference League but a lot of these teams are in, in lesser leagues or, or bottom half of their leagues and it sounds snobbish to say the premier league is the premier league but when you're when you're top five in the premier league it, obviously on paper you're a very very good squad and I, I definitely agree with you I think there'll be you know some comp- competition from a finer batch or. Um, you know, Dynamo, Zygrab could, could sneak up on them. But um, I think, to your point, I think they're the team to beat right now. And and AZ Akmar, who clearly are, are second in Eredivisie, were a good test, a good litmus test for this team. And and they, they dismantled them. So uh, I definitely see them going pretty far in this tournament, if not winning it as well. And last but not least, before
0: we rotate to another league, West Ham actually lost today. They did. So, they did. That's so- two on the spin that's yeah, that's kind of surprising and and they will they have an interesting matchup against everton this week weekend so if they lose three straight or don't get a w against everton then maybe a little mini crisis for for david Moyes and the hammers but uh as we rotate into a different continent here we had the mls playing game last night red bulls unfortunately humbles our charlotte fc 5-2 and sporting kc beats san jose in penalties
1: um did were you able to watch um any of these i was not i followed along on sofa score but unfortunately i thought one of them would be a free game and it was not uh which was quite enjoyable uh shout out to all the charlotte fc fans that ended up going to camp north end for the watch party i heard that was pretty fun from folks that went um but yeah pretty humbling you know performance there was a chance at 4-2 uh right after the second goal it sounded like charlotte was on a on a little bit of a pressure campaign and and almost got the third but once that fifth went in dagger game over um great great season for for fc uh all the the issues aside but you know you you make it to the playoffs and and advance and and get some more growing experience i think there's a lot to learn a lot to still develop and, and build for this club not only on and off not only on but also off the pitch um but again uh, progress from the previous year, and you you look at that as success. And then Sporting KC, not surprised there. One of the the perennial teams in MLS, and uh, been in MLS Cup and more in recent history. So uh, they get they advance, and it's going to shape up to be some interesting playoff series, Daniel. That start on Saturday in MLS. Uh, I'm not sure who you gravitate towards now that uh, that FC is out, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a fun run if 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 you're an MLS fan and uh, we'll see who wins MLS Cup in a couple weeks' time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for the different
0: matchups. The the matchups. This is probably the, I mean, the last two years I've I've followed MLS pretty religiously, especially in the off season for Europe. And and these this these brackets look pretty tasty here. So especially after the first round. So, um, pretty bummed about Charlotte FC. I Red Bull like the entire conglomerate, they play with the press and we just weren't able to beat the press. So I was pretty bummed about that. But, hey, any playoff experience is a good experience. Um, to get humbled like that um, probably will, will leave you hungry for next year. So they'll be thinking about that and stewing in their offseason on their holidays. So I'm sure the, the boys will come back ready ready to play and whatever changes happens, happens. But uh, so, and, I, and
1: by the way, real quick, I just want to point out, in case you didn't see it, messy name finalist for MLS newcomer uh, in case that was, you know, very surprising <laughs> for anybody, but uh, let's Gosh. just give awards in, in MLS, but that's neither here nor there talking stuff. I, I won't show off my bias or hatred towards MLS right now. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting award that he's going to clean up as well as some others that he'll probably take home with him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At least he uh, didn't get the top score though. That's, that's one that a lot of gamblers actually had their money on. And I tried to, t- Deter all my friends from doing that. Um, now we're gonna try a little, a little new segment here. Um, we were actually having this conversation last night, and because it it brought up, because I'm obviously a Charlotte FC fan, um, I'm also you know a Liverpool fan, but this was actually more in the U.S. Um, so I, I grew up in Raleigh, and so my my local club there, who I I played for growing up, uh, is NCFC. And um Matt was like, hey, choose one. And I'm like, well, that's not fair because obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the MLS squad, but I still have somewhere in my heart for NCFC. When it comes to different teams in different leagues, do you guys think that you I have a right supporting both? Or am I just completely in the wrong and and Matt's right here just He's a strictly an Independence fan, and sometimes he'll be a he'll be an MLS fan, but uh, mostly he's just an Independence fan for the Charlotte Independence. I must say, for our listeners who don't know,
1: yeah, and I also have to give some context too. Of course, I've, I I mentioned it last episode when you gave me a hard time about New York Red Bull. My family have been founding members for NYCFC. Um, it, we love the sport, and so when they the team got founded. Um, in New York, we gravitated towards them, and of course, they played in in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, which was close for us. And um, I actually never attended a game, if you believe that. So we we bought tickets. This this team started when I when I moved back to New York after college, and then I left and have not lived in New York since. And so I had never been to the, the team had just been started. They actually didn't play till the year after, so never went to a game. Daniel, so fun, fun fact. Fun fact.
0: I've been to more in my CFC games in the Bronx than you have. Yes, Um, that's,
1: that is true. And I will say it is a disgrace of an arena that we play at. at It's awesome. It is, it is a travesty and hopefully they are fixing that by 2026 with the new beautiful stadium, but I digress. It's, It's in Queens, right? Is in Queens next to Shea Stadium or City Field now, as it's called. Chase. I just dated myself as a New Yorker there for those that know Shea Stadium, but it'll be next to City Field. It's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to trying to get up there for a match. To your point about the independence, and I, I told you this last night as to why um, my my one team is the way it is. I just believe that you pick one team and you kind of you ride or die with them. Uh, you do that most of the time in in other sports. I'm a New York Rangers fan. No matter where I live, I will always be a New York Rangers fan. I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't support any other Premier League side or or English side. And so you kind of just you know you gravitate towards one. And and one of the things that we were talking about, and I get that the U.S. model of sports is totally different, right? But um, it just feels like in Europe, it means a little bit more. You know, the southern. I'm probably gonna get tagged from the SEC on that. It just means more. Um, you know, that's kind of how it feels like over there. And when you play or you you go to a match and, and you're you've been to a Sevilla match and the entire city loves and is is the city's energy is so different. Same when when uh, John and I went to North London derby, you just felt it. Just it feels different. And so. For me it always felt like you stick to one club and and over there specifically right if you especially if you live in north london you have two two stadiums that you could have chosen and you chose one and you would never ever ever root for another london team let alone another you know north london team and so that was Mm -hmm. kind of my thought was you know when the independence started in 2014 next year will be their 10th anniversary shout out to them also for uh playoff game on Saturday in Omaha for, for the semifinals. Uh, so good luck to those guys. Uh, but I just stuck with the independence and then, you know, FC came along and was this flashy toy that everyone wanted to be part of, but would have been really nice. And it's part of a conversation that we, this led into that we'll definitely save for another time as far as promotion relegation and, and how that could have really transpired here in the queen city. But yeah, it just never, it, it never crossed my mind to root for FC the way I do for independence. And I've been lucky enough to, to uh, know a lot of the staff over there and shoot photography for them at home games this year. And so you just kind of create that connection with the, with the team. And um, that's, that's ultimately what, you know, this sport is about. And for me, I had that connection with before FC came and, and so it was a no brainer, but I, I still think you pick one. And that was kind of our back and forth was, can you have multiple in a city or in a state or, across different, you know, across different divisions. So um, I, I respect where you're coming from. and would love to hear, you know, please, you know, chime in on this conversation on X at full-time roundup and, and let us know what you think. But, you know, I, you know, pick one, Daniel, pick
0: one. Yeah, absolutely. And and how it kind of, and how I phrased it at least, just to kind of re or not recap, but wrap this conversation up is I know people who I've spoken with from England and they grew up in a, a very small town And so they have a, say a league one, league two in the third or fourth league team, obviously a local team that, that you support, but, but on, on the weekends you watch them, but you also kind of have a premier league side. And so that's how the, the whole conversation too is do people do that in Europe? So I'd love to, I mean, we have a couple uh, European listeners, so I'd love to hear if that's, if my like way of thinking is completely wrong or, or it kind of splits and it depends on the person, or it's case by case basis here. Um, but and I hey. I will
1: say this if if you feel that Daniel is wrong, just know I did not say that you Birmingham City fans also have a Liverpool kit in your closet that you then throw on whenever you need to. It is not like that. I am saying one to one, that is it. Daniel is the one that is saying I could have an FC kit, I can also have an NY FC FC kit, I can have other kits. So throw the shade at Daniel, but let us know what you think. I, I'm curious. This has been a, a fun debate that we've had. Uh, all joking aside, we really just kind of enjoyed going back and forth on it. But yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, again, you can be part of the conversation at full time roundup on X. Or, um, again, if you want to throw a shade at Daniel, his, his uh, Twitter or X name is uh, Liverpool CLTFC. Mine is Life of M. Gesslin. if you want to uh, side on my side and, and uh, just, just uh, tag along and play around with it because it's a, it's a fun conversation to have.
0: Absolutely, and, and thank you for the plug there. Just a reminder, please like, subscribe, download, re-download, re-download again. And rate us um, on any platform to help us grow as a podcast. We really appreciate it. Helps us get the word out to to more listeners and and, and to kind of spread the gospel full-time roundup. Matt, I need another tequila soda. I don't know about you, but we'll be right back with Predictions and My Betting Show in just a few minutes. Be right back. All right, Matt. We are back. Drink is full. Vibes are high. We just got done with, you know, I would say a a nice weekly argument. We always have one nice weekly discussion. I I wouldn't say it's an argument. It's a discussion. Um, And and this one wasn't as heated as our last ones. But now we have predictions. And good me, we have some fantastic games this weekend. And we're going to start it off with... El Clasico. Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Barcelona is the home team. Just a few stats. I know you're the stat guy, so don't feel like I'm stepping on your toes here, but all-time. Barca, 22 wins, 10 draws. Madrid with 17 wins all-time. Barca are 3-2 and in their last five. Any thoughts on this one?
1: Night of the Living Dead. Who's healthy? Who's available? Seriously. Um, of course, it's it's and I love how we came right out of the gate with the best. You don't save the best for last. We go right for it on this. Um, it's it's going to be, of course, a fantastic match. It's going to ultimately determine one half of determining La Liga. Uh, of course, the other half will be the return leg. You know, when they play again. But again, it comes down to who's going to be healthy. You know, I don't know. Of course, Barcelona, you know, rested some players at the end of the game uh, midweek. And uh, although Joao Felix looks like he picked up a little knock at the end there as well. So, you know, is Lewandowski going to play? Is Pedri going to play? Rafinha going to like, from my perspective, Barcelona, if they if they put out a half-ass squad, which is still most more talented than two-thirds most, thirds, most yeah. um, I, I see a draw. Um, of a hard-fought draw here for them would be a plus. I think that's a, a huge pickup for them if they can get that point. Of course, they want to win, but given who they have available, I think a, a draw is is a good result for them. I think Madrid Madrid need to get three points, and I think you know Jude Bellingham is going to put on a Superman cape and, and just kind of take over the game again. Now, I will say this: we did see him play. In the Madrid derby and and not really play well against uh, Atleti, so you know this is a big game for him as well. You mentioned earlier in the show, Inter can they, or AC Milan can they play well in big games? You're starting to feel a little bit of pressure in Madrid uh, for Jude Bellingham if if he doesn't have a good performance here, and we know how that that press and and that uh, fan base can be in Madrid. It's it's what have you done for me lately? It's been great that you've stepped up and had ten goals to start, but again. This is when they judge their players, El Clasico, and it's time for him to show what he can do. And I, I think he delivers. I think if you're asking me for a score, I think Madrid get a win 2-1. But I do think if if Barcelona finds a draw, it's a great result for them. So I gave you two there.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's going to be hard to to judge this one until the lineups come out. Um, I, I do think we'll see a fun fixture no matter what happens because this is always a heated affair. Um, I genuinely can't predict this match because I just don't know who's going to be healthy. But if Lewandowski and and Pedri play, I'm going to go 2-2. And so kind of pivoting the next one, we have the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford. Should be pretty easy for City, but maybe that's just me. What's
1: your prediction, Matt? I'm going to go big.
0: I'm going to go big.
1: Big. Score line? 5-0 City.
0: Okay, not as worse as what Liverpool did three years ago, almost to this day, but I'm going to have to agree with you here. I think Liverpool are going to thump – sorry, City are going to thump United. Um, and not to preview our bet segment, but this is not one of my straight bets, but Manchester City are only a minus 150 favorite, Very, very slightly – favorite here and and this is a, an absolute nuking opportunity because i think city are gonna just have their way with united so i'm gonna agree with you on here uh matchup number three that i'm looking forward to is is inter versus roma um, any thoughts on this one
1: Enter are the team at the top uh latour martinez is scoring for fun and Roma have been on form and are starting to come in to their own. And I think I think you're going to see pragmatic Jose ball here. I think it's going to be a 0-0 draw. Oh, it's going to be one of Mourinho. those classic Mourinho Syria uh, snoozers of a game. Uh, 0-0. I, I, I do think if any team is going to win here, I think Inter will pull out three points. But, um, but I, I do think Jose is going to just stuff it and kind of, you know, be be very much in the park the bus and, and get a zero zero uh, one nothing one on a counter, if anything.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I'm going to go one nail enter. It's going to be ugly as hell. Um, we know, you know, Mourinho is a dog away. He's going to just park the bus and pay for a counterattack. So I am agreeing with you. Um, now the the next match I want to talk about, um, quickly, is Napoli versus Milan. Uh, we just talked about how Milan can't beat big teams. Do you think they're going to struggle again against Napoli?
1: Napoli's starting to find some form, but no Victor Osaman for Napoli here as well. I think AC Milan wins 3-1 in this one. Christian Pulisic with wow. a, at least a point. Okay, I'm going to
0: go 2-2 here. I don't think Milan win. Um, I just can't trust Stefano Pioli here. Um, they 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 beat decent sides, but they can't beat good sides. And uh, if you want to win the title, you got to beat these games. So this is a must win for Milan, even on the road. Um, so I'm going to go two two. Now moving over to France, Marseille, Lyon. Marseille with the new coach Catuso are finding some form. Lyon are one of a relegation bound technically. Um, any predictions for this match?
1: I would like Lyon to find something. So historic! I don't want them to go down. I Me hate ne- that they're sucking. Me neither. And they haven't won yet this year. They have three draws. You know what? Cattuzzo bounces over. I think Leon get two nil two nil result on the road. And they get that first win of the season. Not to, I don't think Marseille are going anywhere. I think that's your week we talked about. They are who they are at this point. But I think Lyon gets a gets their first W for the season. You heard it
0: here, folks. I'm gonna do the complete opposite and do three one Marseille victory at home. Um, Marseille are starting to click. Abou is getting hot. And Leon's defense is just a catastrophe.
1: So, if hard you're to, counting on a though as your goal scorer, eh, I kind of like my prediction.
0: That's that's fair, and uh, I guess we'll we'll see on Monday. Um, now we've talked about another really bad team here, um, and a team that's been oh. another team that's been disappointing in the in the Champions League, but have been fantastic in the Eredivisie. PSV for versus Ajax. What what are you thinking, Matt?
1: Man, you know, I'm just starting to get to the point where I think IX go down. Um it's still early though. Come on now. I, I don't know, man. They're just horrible right now. <laughs> uh give me PSV in whatever whatever number you want to put next to them. I, I don't think they have I don't think IX have a chance, honestly.
0: Yeah, um I'm, I'm great. I'm gonna say three nil um PSV. Um so we're we're kinda on the same page with these. it's, it's weird. Um, now, we
1: won't be on the next the next couple. I can guarantee that's you that. fair.
0: Matt wanted to add Liverpool and Chelsea here, so we're gonna go with Liverpool versus Forest, Liverpool at home forests are uh, they're fifteenth they're not doing hot, but they're not doing bad how do you what do you lean here?
1: You know Forest are one of those sneaky teams, and you guys have been having a moment of giving up an early goal this year we have um i think forest can get that first early goal and then if any team can sit in a box and and kind of play it out i think it's forest give me forest one nil not because of you and your fandom i genuinely think forest can take it and be a surprise and there's always a shocker every week in the premier league and i think that's going to be the shocker this week
0: interesting um I'm not gonna agree with you just because we rested a ton of guys first to lose. Um, I mean Mo got on late, but Shaboshwai, McAllister, Van Dyke, Desimikas didn't even play. Uh, I'm gonna say we win three one. I will say they might concede early, but then they win their classic three consecutive goals after that. And Chelsea versus Brentford. This is a interesting match and I I, I've been thinking about this one because I was looking um at the odds just to see kind of where Vegas had them at. Um Matt, what do you what do you think about this?
1: Tough match. Uh Brentford have been pretty good the last couple of years, but they're really banged up right now. Um yeah. and, and Chelsea, of course, are are starting to find some form. I think you know, a win here, depending on some results, puts us top top, you know, seven, I think, or eight, maybe eight. Um yeah, Chelsea two one. Uh I think Brentford are just kind of in that. I don't think they go down. I know this is not what you're asking, but I think they're they're in a they're having a tough period right now. And I think this is one of those seasons where it's it kind of falls apart for them a little bit, but I obviously don't think they go down. But give me Chelsea at home two one.
0: Absolutely. I'm gonna actually agree with you here. Two one is the result, I was thinking Chelsea still get by, but it's gonna be a close one that they have to grind out. Now we did our predictions. Hope you guys enjoyed them. Now it is time for my betting segment. Um, so, just to recap real quick for Europe, the Mortal Lock, Atletico Madrid, tough loss here. They dominated the game. You know, God, um, uh, what's his name? Rodrigo de Paul got a red card in the 70th minute to kind of ice it there. They were kind of pushing for it. So, kind of bummed about that. I'm actually going to, you know, Mortal Locks out the window two two and six i'm sick of it i'm just going to do best bets and parlays and if i there's a game that i absolutely love that'll be a a fun play that we can do um but you know what i'm i'm kind of sick of this shit i every time i pick a mortal lock they they it feels like they lose even though i love the play so you should just, fade me. Ex-
1: just tell me what it is and i'll i'll give you the
0: fade and then and then you know you win That's a good point, and maybe we actually start doing that, and we'll just have a fade Matt play every every week. I'm just going to send him a bunch of odds. He picks one, and then I just take the exact opposite. Now, for my parlay, it did cash. We made our coin back. Liverpool, City, Napoli, Leipzig, all money lines, plus 225. That makes it six for seven on parlays. I mean, this is just... Getting ridiculous here, or six for eight, excuse me, six for eight, but still hitting at a ridiculous clip here. Um, And then for the best bets, we split. Um, We had the over three and a half Byron-Galitasen away. That was pretty easy. Um, We also had um, Marseille versus Athens. Easy. Ajax versus Brighton was a surprising loss for me. I thought that game was going to be like 4-1, 3-1. So pretty bummed about that. Um, and then we lost on United-Copenhagen over three, which hurts the missed penalty. He hits a post. They United missed probably three sitters, so that one was a, was a tough pill to swallow. But, hey, we're still at 22.75 units all time. Still, my best bets are 23, 14, and 4. So, um, and I'm going to give you a few more winners this week. So for the parlay, I have Man City money line. I think you should take this as a straight bet as well. Just you know, double your units and just hammer this. I think City, you could even take alternate spreads here, like minus one at plus odds is probably pretty easy here. So City, Liverpool, Marseille, and Villa as my money line. It's plus 350, 3.5 to one, pretty juicy here. Try to make it a little bit more juicy than usual. Um, and then for the best bets, City menu over three. I think city cashed this over themselves. so I'm not even gonna sweat this game over three and Lyon Marseille. um get a lot of the same games for for the parlay and the the best bet, but hey when when rivalries happen, um you know there's gonna be goals and we're gonna go back to the well with another one we've already talked about a Classico over three here. And then last but not least, Leipzig versus Cologne over three. And Leipzig vs. Cone will be the bonus play that I will only say on this podcast, not post on Twitter. Um, the one that I did not post on Twitter for midweek was the Galatasaray and that cash. So make sure you listen in, you know, turn those hearing aids up and, and make sure you catch that because I will not be posting it on Twitter. Now, that's a wrap, Matt. I don't know about you, um, but this weekend of games is, is pretty exciting here. I, I can't wait. Um, to watch them and then and then kind of recap them with you on monday um make sure you you follow our twitter at full-time roundup follow matt at at life of Guessing. follow me at liverpool shall, cltfc give us a like give us a download give us another download give us a rating it really helps us spread the brand of full-time roundup and uh you know we'll see you on monday happy birthday page